This is the Ignition Show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to our podcast. My name is Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and our aim is to bring you a regular dose of ideas, insights, and inspiration you can actually use in the pursuit of your full potential and ignite the flame within you to live your best and full life. In addition to bringing you in-depth conversations with amazing guests, every other week, I'm going to sit down in front of the microphone and share with you some of the most important lessons and nuggets of wisdom I've encountered from training more than 10,000 people over the last decade, and also from the thousands of hours of intimate one-on-one conversations I've had with my coaching clients. So grab a pen or simply sit back and take in today's message. Let it sink in and ask yourself, how does this show up in my life? How can I apply the points that resonate with me to my life today? And what would happen if I did? All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's move over to the coach's corner. All right, welcome back to your year in review, part two. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one, I encourage you to start there because there is a science or there is a science and there is a chronology, a sequence to the order of the questions that we're going through. As a quick recap in part one, which is episode 39, uh, in part one, I, I took you through the first half of what I consider to be one of the most important processes and times of self-reflection. You know, these, this coming up to the end of the year, you owe it to yourself, as you heard me say a couple of times, you owe it to yourself to spend some time and take a thoughtful, structured, reflective look back on the year. And again, as a reminder, it's important to do it in a structured way, I believe. It's important to have some sort of a process rather than just doing it willy-nilly, random, whatever you, whatever you remember to think about. Because two reasons. One is in the pace of our lives right now, we are constantly dealing with urgencies of the moment for most people. And that tends to make us focus and remember only a small portion of things, only the most recent things. And you combine that with the fact that we are kind of hardwired to look out more for what didn't go right, look out for danger, look out for pain. And that tends to lead us, when we do look back in the year, uh, focusing more on what didn't go so well. And what's the gap from what we wanted and what we didn't want? Yes, we might remember some good things, of course. But it tends to be disproportionately weighed towards what's not right yet, what we didn't get a chance to get done. So the first part, it's very, very critical to start looking at what did go well? Reminding yourself of all the wonderful things, the things you can celebrate, the things you can acknowledge, the things you accomplish or achieve, and of course, those very, very special magic moments that we talked about. So if you didn't get a chance to go through that, highly encourage you to start with episode 39, download it to your device, save it to your computer, and listen to that one first because it will make a lot more sense as we go through this, this uh, part two. So I'm going to assume you've done part one. So let's lead this to part two. And part two is just the second half of looking back on your year. And in fact, Actually, before we dive into that, if you have done part one, the question I would get you to reflect on is what surprised you or what did you notice? What stood out for you as you went through that part one? You know, going a little bit deeper, spending a little bit more time reflecting on some of those magic moments. What are some things that you remember that you maybe have forgotten? What are some things that really, really struck a chord with you or really touched your heart in a, in a very memorable way? That if you didn't go through that process, you probably wouldn't have remembered or you would have just glazed over. Take some time just to notice what this process is doing for you. I always find when I look back at the things I want to celebrate from the year, that it brings up so many things that I would have totally forgotten. And life is too short to remember the magic moments and really reconnect with those. 
So having done that, let's go on to, to part two. As you may have noticed, part one, most of part one was focusing on the good. What you love, what you accomplished, what was fantastic in the year, what are some of the decisions, what do you want to do again? Part two is focusing on the less good, the less positive, the stuff that didn't go so well, but there are so many incredible, valuable lessons. You know, as so many world-class athletes, world-class entrepreneurs, successful business people, successful people in life, fulfilled people, virtually everyone will say, I learned more from my failures or my setbacks or my challenges than I did from my successes. So this is the time to really learn from what didn't go so well in the last year. So the first question for part two, quite simply is, you know, remember the first one, uh, first question part one was, what did I love in 2019? This is the opposite. And the question is, what did, I, what did I hate in 2019? And hate is a very strong word. It's not one we often think about in self-development or self-growth. But I think it's important to have a provocative language here. It's important to really tap into something in your gut or in your heart that you really, really want nothing to do with again, but it's important to capture this, as you'll see as we go through the process. So what did you hate in 2019? You know, if I think about that question, certainly things that jump out in my mind right now, and it's, um, you know, it's not a language I might use, but it makes me think. I really hated seeing my mom and dad pass away seeing them struggle at the end of their life and uh, that process. You know, I I also hated the knock-on effect of that. I hated living so reactively. And it was necessary at the time in many ways, but there was a trickle-down effect for being at the hospital for weeks on end and being very reactive, never knowing what news was coming and um, putting a lot of other life on hold. Now, I did what I did because it was the right choice to, to make. But I hated how it made me feel so reactive to some of my business work, some of my health, some of my friends and relationships. I'm okay with it, but I hated it. So I don't want to settle for that ever again. So what did you hate in 2019? And this is an opportunity, again, to get very specific. Don't glaze over it. Don't go surface level. Get get specific in the detail. It doesn't mean you need to write... um, You don't need to write out long prose and pages and pages of all the stuff you hated, but get specific on what what was the exact points, the exact experiences or the the specific moments or emotions that you felt that you really hated, that you had to experience it, that you had to go through it. Maybe you hated making significant progress on your health or doing self-care. Maybe you hated not being promoted in your work or taking on those big projects. Maybe you hated the way certain people made you feel, or how you treated yourself at times. What did you hate? That's question number one. Kind of the second second question is kind of a similar angle at the question, but the second question is, what was challenging this year? You know, maybe it's a different word, maybe you didn't hate something, but it was a real challenge for you. You know, one thing that was certainly challenging for me was, you know, with a newborn son was to uh, keep up with some of my own priorities, the typical priorities, I should say, and just manage the time around that. As many of you and all you parents know that when baby cries and baby needs you and your partner needs you, then, then nature's calling there. And it was certainly in my nature to support my wife and my son as we got to know each other in our new environment. So that was challenging. Lots of great things, but that was a challenge. And so it makes me height, a height, gives me a heightened sense of awareness to reflect on that. You know, that's not going to change the challenge of the new son, but 
since I was very reactive in the last year, it makes me think, starts to think about how can I maybe manage it or approach it or communicate differently with my wife this year. What was challenging this year was keeping up with this podcast. You know, we wanted to have many episodes, some of them pre-recorded, so there wasn't this last minute rush each week to get these out. So that was a challenge. I'm very proud of the fact that we, we have published every week, despite everything that was going on or in spite of what was going on. But that was a challenge. And it makes me think again, how can we plan and manage our projects differently going forward? So that's question number two. What was challenging this year for you? Question number three is, what do I not want to have happen again? So based on what you hated, based on what was challenging, what would you summarize? What do you not want to have happen again? You know, for me, one of the big things was going long periods of time with little to no exercise. Again, got kind of the nature of the beast this year, but I don't want to go through that. I need to find a way now that we've settled in a little bit. Now that kind of the, the storm has passed from some of the challenges we had this year. That, that's the thing I, I don't want to go with. That was this past year, 2019, was probably one of two years I can think of in the last 35 years of my life, quite literally, that I didn't exercise as much as I had in previous years. I didn't have a big marathon or triathlon or Ironman that I was training for. And um, and so it put a big dent in that. I also don't want to have happen again is losing connection to the vision that we have for our business. You know, we have a very compelling vision that Sarah and I have created. And we know that when we connect to that vision, it fuels us in so many good ways. And again, with the challenges that we had this year and the stuff that was going on, it required us to put our attention elsewhere, put our energy elsewhere. But I, I, I do not want to disconnect on so much on a regular basis from our vision and from our mission and staying connected to that higher purpose that we have to serving people and making an impact in the world. So what do you not want to have happen again in 2020? The fourth question, I think, is such an incredibly valuable question, so insightful. And I really, really encourage you just to sit with this question. Now that you've reflected on what you hated, what what challenged you, what you do not want to have happen again, very, very important question to look at is, and there's actually two questions back to back, is what did I learn by going through these experiences? By going through the experiences that you hated, that you were challenging, what did you learn? And and the double-barreled question there is, and why were those experiences valuable? What did you learn by going through these experiences, and why were they valuable? You know, again, I know it's a bit of a theme that I'm focusing on, but it was a major aspect of my my year this past year, is what did I learn from going through these experiences of losing my parents? Well, maybe cliche, but it's true that life is precious. That we never know when the end is coming. What did I learn by going through these experiences? That we've got to take care of our health. We've got to do the right things as best we can. We've got to trust the, trust the universe is going to support us for giving us long, long lives. lives. What did I learn from by going through these experiences? Is that as they, again, the cliche, my wife reminded us, you know, you can't take things with you. And as we cleared out my parents' house, 53 years of, of treasured memories in that house, there's a lot of stuff that Sarah and I have been discussing that we don't need in our house. We really don't need in our house because it's just stuff. And uh, maybe the, the, the decluttering our own home is something that's going to, uh, going to give us some 
breath of fresh air and some room to breathe as we go into the new year. Also, what I learned by going through these experiences is that, you know, the love of family and connection. You know, we were so surrounded and supported by our family and our extended family through the uh, our own family experiences this year. But, you know, again, it's cliche, but there's only certain things that really, truly matter. And if you're the type who's been running like crazy on the treadmill of life and stressed out about work or other things that are going on, you're constantly living in the past, you know, stressing about stuff that has happened or angry about stuff that has happened or you're living in the future that you're anxious about what the future holds or you're fearful of what has to happen or you're stressed about all the things that need to happen. If you're living in the past or you're living in the future, really means you're very rarely living in the present. And I think, as I shared in part one of the year in review, the opportunity to sit at my bedside, at the bedside of my dad when he was passing, just spending time with him, just being present. The opportunity to be at my mom's side in her final weeks and final days, final hours, final minutes. It reminded me, it was a valuable reminder of the power of presence, of just sitting there and being. And it's extreme experience being with someone in their last breath. But it also holds true when Sarah and I are sitting down for dinner. Or when I'm on the phone with a friend or a family member or a client. Just to be fully, fully present. Not multitasking, not checking notifications, putting the phone aside, turning it off if necessary, leaving it in a completely different room. The depth of experience, the depth of connection that we get when we are truly present with people that matter to us especially in times of need. You just you can't replace that. So what did you learn by going through your challenging experiences and the things that you hated? What are some of the big, big lessons? What do you need? What do you want? Take some time to reflect on those questions. You'll be so glad you did. The next question is part of the review is, you know, again, being a goal-oriented person, I think it's very important to understand why didn't you achieve some things you wanted to? So the question is, what dreams or goals did you not get to in 2019? Why not? And what lessons can you take from that? So again, there's three questions bundled together there. I'll say it again. What dreams or goals did you not get to in 2019? Why not? And what lessons can you take from that? So think about some goals that you had at the start of the year, some aspirations, some dreams, some intentions you had at the start of the year that you didn't get to or didn't succeed in, didn't make progress in, or just completely ignored. Why not? And what you want to look for here is the why not is not excuses and justifications. You want to look for what's the pattern. And if you made a commitment to transform your body, for example, and you didn't quite get there, why not? What's truly going on there? Not to say, oh, I was busy, I didn't get to it, or... You know, I had some disruptions, but what's really going on there? Why did you deprioritize that? Why did you make everything else that much more important than you? Why do you make pleasing everyone else that much more important than you? What's really going on there? Maybe there's a story that's getting in your way. Maybe there's some bad habits that are getting in your way. Maybe you weren't truly connected to a powerful reason or powerful why or powerful, powerful vision. So what lessons can you take from that? What do you need to remind yourself of this year? What do you need to do differently at the turn of this year to set yourself truly up for success? Maybe then rather than trying to do it on your own, which I 
hear a lot of people say, you know, I try to do it on my own, but I really need a team. I need a support coach. I need a support, sorry, support, support team. And as, as you listened to in the last episode with Belle Robertson of making promises and keeping promises, you know, she very articulately said, you need two things. You need an accountability partner and you need a cheerleader. You need someone who's going to lift you up and someone who's going to crack the whip. As I like to say with my clients, I like to give a caring, compassionate kick up the backside. Sometimes we all need that. So maybe that's a lesson that you can take in this year. Maybe you need to have a better support team. And maybe it's not even hiring people. Maybe it's just spending time with people that you know are going to lift you up more than knock you down. Maybe there's certain family members you need to reduce the amount of time that you spend time with. Maybe there's some friends you need to increase the time. Maybe there's some people that you follow on social media that you need to unfollow. Maybe your social media feed is filled with too much drama, too much negativity, too much too much short-term stuff that truly doesn't matter. Maybe it's too, too much mindless entertainment. Maybe you need to go and follow some people that are really inspiring, that are uplifting. They're going to remind you what truly matters to you. So take all that on board. Take some time to think about why didn't you get to the stuff that was really important to you? Why not? And what lessons can you take from that? So that concludes kind of the looking back part of the, the how to review your year. Both in part one, where we looked at all the positive, amazing stuff you want to celebrate in this time. In part two, we looked at some of the challenges, some of the stuff you do not want to repeat. So taking all that into consideration, we have a couple of last questions here. So taking all that into consideration, I believe the one of the best ways to look at your year ahead, look at 2020, is to look at the categories of your life, the buckets of your life, the buckets of you personally, and just ask yourself the question, what, is, what does my next level look like for me? in 2020. What does my next level look like for me? And for each of these areas you want to go through, just look at what would be either an incremental change, incremental improvement, or some growth, or maybe some major transformation. Big, small, doesn't matter. They're worth all looking at. But the point is you go through these different buckets. It's, it's, it's not to say these are commitments and these are goals. But this is a way just to really take a bit of an audit of your life to remind yourself of what is truly important, to remind yourself where you might want to focus some goals or some efforts, where you might want to set some inspiring or ambitious goals, where you just want to maintain good practices, right? So the question is, what does my next level look like for me? And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight categories that I would encourage you to reflect on. Number one is physically. And these are no particular order, actually. Number one is physically. With your physical body, your physical wellness, what does next level look like for you? Without putting pressure on yourself to commit, I want to lose so much, I want to exercise this, I want to take on this physical challenge. No, just describe in bullet points or in some paragraphs, what does your next level look like for you? That's physically. Emotionally, what does the next level look like for you? You know, were you dealing with a lot of stress or, you know, recognizing that, Maybe some fears were getting your way, fear of failure, fear of rejection. Um, you weren't in a great state emotionally a lot of times. Maybe you were sluggish emotionally a lot of times. You were stressed out. Maybe you were burned out emotionally. So what does next level look like for you? It may not look like Superman or Wonder Woman, but it's going to be a step forward in improvement. We're all going to have express, uh, stresses or anxiety or periods of time where we're frustrated and irritable. Maybe we're sad. Maybe we're feeling a little hopeless or helpless at times. But what would a 10%, 20% improvement look like for you? How can you reduce the amount of time? What does next level look like for you emotionally? Mentally, what does next level look like for you? That's another bucket to look at. Mentally. 
you know, whether it's mental health, whether it's just mental focus, whether it's putting your priorities on the right things, maybe it's quality of thoughts, quality of internal dialogue. What does mentally next level look like for you? Spiritually, you know, are you operating in alignment to your values? Do you have a spiritual connection to what matters to you? And we're that might mean religion for some people. It may not be religion. Maybe it's the connection to, to nature, to the universe. Maybe it's living more in alignment with your sense of purpose. Maybe it's living with more kindness or consciousness. What does your spiritual next level look like for you? Financially is another bucket. What does the next level look like for you financially? Is that increasing your income? Maybe getting a raise or... Um, some success there. Maybe it's growing your business in a certain way. Maybe it's increasing your savings or maybe doing some investments, uh, updating your investments, reconfiguring what you have in your savings. What does next level look like for you financially? What is a maybe a bold target you want to have for your income this year? Maybe it's some expenses you want to reduce. What does next level look like for you financially? Socially is another bucket. What does social, a social next level look like for you? Who do you want to spend more time with? Who do you want to maybe build relationships with? Who do you want to repair relationships with? Who do you want to deepen your relationships with? Inner social aspect of life. And then the next bucket is what I would call vocationally. Vacation, your, your, your profession, your work. What does next level look like for that? What kind of projects do you want to get engaged in? How would you, if you were at your absolute best or if you were bringing more of the best of you to your work, what would that look like? What does next level look like in terms of success or fulfillment or accomplishment or expansion of what you do, impact of what you do? So those are the buckets, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, socially, vocationally. And I suppose there's one last bucket you could also mix in there. Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a partner in crime with the one you had socially. There's relationally. But those that are closest to you, those that matter most to you in your life, the relationships that matter most to you. How do you want to deepen your love, your attraction, your intimacy, your passion with your intimate partner? And if you don't have one, what does that look like? What would a deeper relationship with someone that is really close to you look like to you? Maybe some certain friends or family members you want to deepen your relationship or just have better quality time with. Maybe again, it's less drama, less top-level entertainment, less surface-level conversations. I, mean, I don't know about you, but in my circles, I'm finding more and more people who are just really valuing deeper, meaningful conversations. Maybe you need to take the initiative. Maybe part of next level for you is taking more initiative, being the leader in your social circles, being the leader in your family. Say, this is the kind of conversation I'm craving and would look for and would like, like to have. And I would guarantee that most people, most people would react very positively to that. So the last thing I would say as you look at what next level is for, is for you, the last question I would get you to think about is simply, what is critical? All that considered, everything that you've done so far, the question is, what is critical for you in 2020? This is where you synthesize down all of your thinking so far. And if you really had to break it down into a small, small handful of ideas, of themes, of focus points, of um, reminders. What is critical for you in 2020 if you're going to have an incredibly fulfilling, high-impact, high-rewarding life? 
in 2020? What is critical for you? Maybe that leads you to identify what are some key focus areas for you in 2019, uh, sorry, in 2020. And what are some of your inspiring, compelling goals or dreams or aspirations? And as most experts would say, and I've lived it myself, that we typically are going to be much more successful, much more fulfilled if we focus down on a very small handful of highly rewarding big goals that we want to go for. We can do a lot of other stuff. We can improve. We can go to the next level. We can be 5%, 10% more focused and more present, more healthy this year. But what are the two, three, four major goals that are going to light you up this year? I'd love to hear it. I hope you've enjoyed this process. I'd love to hear your comments. You can drop us an email. Send us an email to chris at theignitionshow.com. Or join us on our Facebook page and just post your distinctions there. Post, post what, what you took away from this process. And share some of the great questions you've reflected on this year. Let's continue to grow this. And I'm super excited to support you in 2020. To make it an amazing year. To make it a fulfilling year. And to make it one of the most rewarding years of your life. I hope you enjoy this process. And we'll speak to you soon. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We always want you to get the most of the time you've invested here. So this show is only valuable if you apply what you learn. And most learning, as I mentioned, is generated from reflection. So we'd love to hear from you and your reflections on what you learned or found interesting. Please join our community and go to theignitionshow.com connect. That's theignitionshow.com connect. And let us know what struck you. And what was it that you heard today that you really needed to hear today? You can leave us an audio message or join our Facebook group and participate in the conversation there, where we'd love to hear your comments and follow-up questions. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, rate the show, or leave a review on iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are. You're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.